This is a Pito Podcast. The book of a guy, Boba Fett. He fell down into a dark, stinky pit. Do you know how he and Fennec met? Watch as they take. On the Pike Syndicate. Hey, do you believe in the Force? Baby Yoda will use it, of course. Today on the show, we're talking about the Book of Boba Fett. I'm your host, Dustin, and alongside me is... Saf, and with me is... Keith, and with me is... Pale! And today's episode is featuring beer from Peoples and Dot and Line, and we are talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Actually, that's the Mandalorian intro, sorry. It's not a book? I I read the novel. I didn't know there was a TV show. And now it's a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) The beer that we have for you this evening is from People's Brewing. It's called Captain's Black Strap Imperial Stout. 9.6 ABV, 86 IBUs, which is the Elderon Factor. That's the 86 issue of the Marvel Star Wars series of comics. Oh, nice. It is an American Imperial style brewed with flaked oats and a variety of flavorful malts, including honey and chocolate malts. Black strap molasses was added in the kettle. The black beer has roasted flavors, a full body, and hints of molasses. Originally brewed as our 100th batch, we re release this stout every few years. Well, that's neat. This is the 2021 version. Having something on a, like a couple year rotation and we have it. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. So this can uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, if you look at the the side, their logo, their their people's logo, it's all in black and there's like a skull dude with um, like pirate looking symbols in the inside. Uh, if you just take a step back from this and can you look, and it looks like the Imperial logo in Star Wars. 
Yeah. Kind of. A little bit. So it was it was worth saying, yeah, we're going to that's our Star Wars connection even though uh Boba Fett technically was not part of the empire. He was just a contractor. And there are a lot of captain people on ships in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, that's true. Not He's kind of a pirate. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. I don't know. Bounty hunter like a pirate? Yeah, there's yeah. a pirate <laughs> captain in the show later on as well. Yeah. So uh, the rest of the can is pretty white. Um, at least I thought it was white until you pointed something off about the can. Yeah, it's got like that weird watermark in the background of that skull and crossbones anchor type symbol. You could barely see yeah. it. It's just hidden back in the background. That's really it's cool. kind of creepy. Yeah. I just thought it was like a bad sticker. Yeah, it just looks like a poorly placed sticker, but like apparently it's supposed to look like that. Right. Uh, then you have blue, blue text on the side. It's kind of like a weird... Uh, contrast. It's the only thing on the on the can that is any other color other than the black and white. It just says capped black strap, uh, and then uh, that's just about it. Just you know the independent sticker and uh, the label art signature and all that jazz. So it's your basic can. It's not overly exciting. I definitely like wouldn't even know this was beer. Like if I was just at a grocery store. <laughs> Uh, I'd give this can the People's Award or in our Captain Awards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, not all that exciting. Hopefully, the beer uh, does better than the the can presentation. It kind of poured like motor, motor oil when I was pouring it into my glass. Yeah. It was so thick, but that, that I'm guessing that's the molasses. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because when I poured it, I poured it kind of like a dickhead, and I thought I'd have a whole <laughs> lot of head, and I it just didn't. Uh, there was some head to it, and you can see the the yeah, raising of the glass mm-hmm. uh, up that far. But it was really just like my nice my thumb layer. right from the knuckle up, which isn't bad. Uh, it's yeah, very it's very dark in color. Of course, it's a stout, but there's I mean you can hardly see any like any variations on color on the edges. Uh, the head is a nice like light brown tan color. Tan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, the the color of this one looks pretty good. Uh, not really worth pulling up our sheet. It's just going to be the darkest of the darks. But is there a Star Wars one that we would like to use? I'm going to give it the K2SO, even though that's not <laughs> quite movie, as yeah. dark. Yeah, that works. That's fine. It's it's almost a crapshoot at the, this part of the <laughs> stouts. Just pick a color and kind of go with it. Smell-wise, you get that molasses on the nose for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Almost like a brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not overly. It doesn't smell overly sweet either. Mm. Uh, other than the fact that you're you're smelling just you know straight molasses. But that's pretty much all I can smell. There's not a whole yeah. lot there. Not getting much of the stout uh, notes that you typically get. Mm-hmm. No but coffee. No chocolate. I can't smell chocolate. Even yeah. though the description said that there was going to be chocolate. Uh, maybe maybe brown sugar and honey are the things you can smell. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the the two, I think. And this is with as best I can without making a whole lot of nasally noises <laughs> as I am. Stuffed up. Stuffy. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and sip it. Works for me. Sip it good. Sip it up. Da-na-na-na-na. Yeah, Ooh. that molasses flavor is there. Mm. It's, not a very, it's not very pleasant. Molasses, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> it's pretty bitter. Yeah. Which is, I can understand why it's 86 IBUs <laughs> right. for, for a stout. 
Oh. It's a little kind of a burnt flavor to yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. There's a, there's a little bit of dark chocolate notes in this as well, mm-hmm. like on the flavor. Uh, like it has that bitterness still. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know when I when I thought of like like honey and chocolate malts, I kind of anticipated something to smooth it out, and I'm not getting yeah. that smooth out at all. So it's a, I, I mean the honey and the the chocolate are all right. It's just. Yeah, that molasses is a little rough to... to... <laughs> it's a sipper for sure. I wouldn't be trying to drink this quickly. But And it's a 9.6%. Yeah. So You guys did say it was thick when you poured it, right? I take it yeah. Yeah. it is in the mouthfeel as well? Yeah. It's kind of a mouthful. Yeah. It's just... it's It lingers. It's, it sits there... Yeah, the fis- it's very viscous. Yes, it coats the tongue and doesn't go down when you swallow. <laughs> yeah, it's the molasses. It's got to be. Yeah, yep. Ugh. It's definitely unique. Is the nine point six coming through? Like, I, I get a little bit of that. If I let it linger in my mouth, the alcohol flavor definitely comes through. Okay. Yeah, I, but not for, not for me. I can't. Not really. It's, yeah, <laughs> not with your nose. Yeah, a with my nose and B like I'm getting overwhelming. Uh, molasses flavor that I do not yeah. like mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit of like chocolatey and sweet from the honey. Like I don't taste alcohol, which is, which is not bad, but it could be better, right? Mm-hmm. You're drinking yeah. almost a 10 percenter. You kind of want to, yeah. want to be able to taste it. Otherwise you're just going to like get through the entire can without realizing it. However, this is only a 12 ounce boy, so mm. we're not really worried too much about it. Right. That's rare. This is my, this was a four pack, and this is my third of that four pack. So, I wasn't super surprised by the flavor that like Dustin is. <laughs> Not a surprise. Like I was anticipating yes. it because I've already had a couple of it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm surprised well, it was not a six pack. Like usually, twelve ounce cans are six, and the sixteen are four. Because the high ABV, they yeah. they mm. save those two cans from themselves. <laughs> Probably every every four pack they put together, like two stays in their fridge. <laughs> there you go. Because the other uh, twelve ouncer of cans I got was a six pack of IPAs, so and that's a lower ABV, so that must just be the reason, right? Mm-hmm. Well, looking at Untapped, if you guys are ready for that, yep. Out of let's see, where's the total? A thousand. Wow. A thousand check-ins and five hundred and sixty-four people have ranked it a three point nine four average. And I have one friend, which I think we are all friends with him, Mr. Pecan Court Coldisack, Christian D himself, said beer summit brew number one, lots of malts and a little sweet, sort of thicker, almost like a black IPA in flavors. And he had it in a bottle. So that's an interesting design on the bottle there. Uh, 3.75 is what he gave it. So, yeah, a little bit different design on the bottle label. Uh, Doyle Doyle had this one in the bottle as well from his picture that he took. Uh, he said, lunchtime, it's Friday, very good beer, 4.25. And then Dustin Wood uh, didn't say anything, just gave it a 4. Um, had this in 2016. Doyle Doyle had it in 2018, and then Christian D had it in 2019. If they if they release this beer every couple of years, 
I'm curious which like variants that they had. Like, do they have it fresh in 2016 and fresh in 2018 mm-hmm. and then old in 2019? Or like, <laughs> what's what's the release? Because it came out in 2021. So is it 19 the fresh one? I don't know. Yeah, when I'm looking it up, I see a 2016 version and a 2017 version, and then a 2021 version, and nothing in between there. Huh. So either they weren't created for Untapped, or maybe they didn't have any for that those years. No, no, no. Well, I wonder if they kept updating the the think entry they, they put in because Christian had it in 2019, mm, but that's, he, okay, that but it's showing it at the 2021. Exactly. So I think they updated. They just renamed it. Re- yeah. yeah, they just renamed it. <clears throat> I never really understood having separate posts, right? Unless your your beer is completely different like, on the right. yearly or right. whatever release. Like the Woot Stout. That one, I understand why it's Woot Stout 2020, Woot Stout 2019, right? Because that is a different beer. But it sounds like this is just the same beer, just yeah. redone a year Released later. Mm-hmm. every couple yeah. of years or something. Yeah. So I just update your post. Don't put a new one out there. Yeah. It confuses people. I will say while scrolling through, not reading anybody's, but the second one or third one down from the top, I'm looking at where they're drinking it. And right here in Fort Wayne, Soulbird has it on draft. Oh, wow. Go go grab some. Ooh. As of March 16th. Nice. I don't know if it's still there and how often it rotates out, but at least 10 days ago it was there. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, why haven't you left yet? Mm-hmm. Well, we're recording. I mean, I could oh, take it oh. on the road. <laughs> Drink it, geek out on the road. Hey, uh, Keith, what do you think of your beer? I don't know. I haven't opened it up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving here. Let's check in with Keith. Where are you at now? Oh, guys, I'm coming to you live. I'm sober. I'm on the... Are you in a helicopter? <laughs> yeah. He's in the, it's a rainstorm. Hold your window up. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hurricane in Fort Wayne. <laughs> And he's, you know, ch- chasing the storm. Hey, guys, <laughs> it's so windy here. <laughs> or probably be a band or somebody be playing in the background that I can't record in like most places. Yeah. Right. Bill, did you find anything or we good with this uh, one? I got one from Jack V. He said, honestly, was pleasantly surprised by this one. Gave it a four and a half. I also was surprised by this one, but not not in a good way. Bruce M. says good tasting and a lot of coffee. Did you guys get coffee? Seth, you said roasty. I don't know about coffee. No, just kind of burned flavor, but not he coffee. He must like burnt coffee. <laughs> yeah. He gave it a four. It's like, oh, this tastes like my cup of Folgers in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, you haven't cleaned your kettle out in years, bud. I ch- I'm checked in. As a, I'm I'm writing mine right now, so you can go ahead. All right. Uh, have you guys seen anything else, or is no. it just a bunch of scroll? Through? I was. I'm seeing a lot of very smooth. I was just filling taste. time for you guys, so. <laughs> yeah, I just want to make sure that we uh, we heard your voices before we yep. just jumped too far. Uh, I gave this one a 375. I don't like the flavor. I'm not a big fan of the molasses. I also not a huge fan of like molasses cookies or. You know, molasses flavored food items. So, not surprised that I'm not a huge fan of this one. However, I do like the the chocolatey undertones and the the sweetness that you get from the honey. 
imagine the guy who brews meads excited about honey flavored <laughs> things. Uh, the eighty six IBUs is wonderful. Uh, it's I don't don't think it tastes quite eighty six, but I mean it just depends on how they they measure it. it has a great balance of sweetness to bitterness, I think. Uh, with the like the dark chocolate or whatever, it's just I can't get past the molasses. Would I order this again? Absolutely, it's a stout. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> if I go to People's and uh, in Lafayette and I'm just there and I'm just drinking a beer, probably would grab the stouts regardless, you know. But yeah, three seventy five is a pretty good score, especially and when that... you hate the main, like dislike the main flavor of <laughs> main it. flavor, yeah. Uh, that's also the score I gave it. If you were curious, um, I said <laughs> the molasses is a unique touch, adds a thickness and a bitterness and a flavor that I'm not very used to, but it is growing on me. Basically, agreeing with Dustin, uh, the it's just the, there's an aftertaste that is the only thing really deterring me because I don't mind the flavor when I'm drinking it. It's just like now that I'm sitting here, it's kind of like just coated my mouth and. It's not super appealing. Yeah. Right. Let's see. Cookies that are made with molasses. Oh, ginger molasses cookies? Yeah, yeah I don't like those. Like a ginger snap. Like a ginger snap. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> I knew I don't like the flavor. I just had to make sure that there wasn't a good cookie out there that I actually <laughs> do enjoy that uses molasses, but that's not true. S- sneak a little molasses in. We are drinking King Cognac from Dot and Line Brewing Company. It is an oatmeal stout aged on cognac-soaked French oak spirals. Coming in at 8.3% ABV, and no IBUs are listed for this one. Uh, It says, there are two things that the French are good at, oak and cognac. Combine these with our outstanding oatmeal stout, and you get an extremely complex beer. Dark malt mingles with... Toasty French oak and boozy cognac, exciting the senses in anticipation of the next sip. With King Cognac, it's good to be king. I feel like I've heard that catchphrase before. <laughs> it's good to be king. We get to guess the IBUs. We can. Not really that to... exciting on a stout, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. that's true. That's usually less about the, the one you were less the one we were drinking. Right, exactly. Taking a look at the dot line can, what do we got, Pale? We have a um, picture of King himself. an extremely large gorilla, looks like King Kong, on the top of a building. Fort Wayne. That's the Fort Wayne Bank building. Down there. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it the Star Building or something? Yeah, it used to be the Lincoln Building. I think Star Bank owns it now, yeah. He's got a top hat. He's wearing like one of those little monocles. He's <laughs> a French Monopoly guy. He's a French monkey. <laughs> Looks like you he's must holding be the Monopoly guy. It's funny, like he's holding a like an IPA, but this no, is he's a holding beer. a glass of cognac. Pale? Oh! <laughs> yeah, he's a super intellectual monkey. You know, drinking his French. He's got himself a bottle of Henny. Could you tell? Yeah, it reminds me of the monkey from uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> reminds me of the monkey from uh, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong. That's true. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, what's the monkey from DC Universe? King Grodd? Gorilla Grodd? Gorilla, Gorilla Grodd. Grodd. Mm-hmm. Not King Grodd. 
in a fight, who do you think would win? Pogo or <laughs> Gorilla Grodd? Mm. Gorilla Grodd has mind control. Yeah. Oh. I don't really know, like, what Phineas has other than the fact that he's a talking monkey. <laughs> what is Pogo? Just really smart? Smart. Just intellect. Hey, he's just an advanced chimpanzee. He could talk. So that's about, about Mighty Mi- Mighty Joe Young. Mm. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in years. <laughs> Long time. Forgot about that movie. Yeah, I do. <laughs> we should just do a monkey episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, forget this beer. We'll come back with it at a later episode. A monkey <laughs> ranking. No, we put this beer off long enough. Um, we got this. I looked at when I had it on draft last, and man, that was June 2021, so just last year. And I'm assuming I picked it up at that time, so we're not quite to a year. But with it being aged in barrels, I figured it'd be all right. So, I think I, I had mine in May of 2021. So I think that was when it like, was first released. I know it doesn't look like to the folks at home, as in you guys, that just looks mm-hmm. like motor oil. But it's actually got a red-brown hue to it. Okay. I'm seeing it on some of the pictures online. That I t- turned my light on and held it behind it and it came out super red. But it just has more of a brown tint to it. And looking at the list of what we got. Oh, I got my pick like, already. I was going to say Obi-Wan, robes, <laughs> or are you going to go with K2SO? Caesar's for I was, Or Caesar's for <laughs> <laughs> That's a good I was idea. trying to go Star Wars, but yes, we could do that. That's a little bit darker than Obi-Wan's robes. Mm-hmm. Just because it's... I mean, K2, I guess, has a little bit of red, but yeah, Caesar's is... Yeah, well, Caesar's a better pick. Or really. Yeah. We'll go Caesar. Okay. Caesar's Palace. What are you getting on the nose? I mean, mm, maybe a little bit of chocolate? Mm. Caramel? Caramel, maybe. I don't know about chocolate. There's a little My bit of booze. My nose is messed up, too. I just got a bit of booze. There it mm. is. There's the good smell. Yeah, caramel and boozy. I like that description. Yeah. I'll probably more caramel than chocolate. A little of the roastiness from the stout that it's aged in because it's an oatmeal stout. So it, it definitely has that kind of smell to it. Mm-hmm. That malty. Is there any f- is there any fruit on the nose? Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not getting any fruit. Unless you mm-hmm. pick one, pale might smell it. <laughs> Pineapple. Maybe cherry. Just, just a tiny bit. I'm going to taste it. You can incept pale pretty easily. Yeah, I wasn't sure because, <laughs> I mean, this isn't like your normal bourbon barrel. It's a cognac. Yeah. You know. Which is a yeah, beverage yeah. I've never had by itself. I've only had this, so it's hard for me to compare. I'm not as fancy as this Kong guy. Yeah. So it's a it's a, it's a a brandy, mm-hmm. um, and it's made from grapes, so. Okay. I can get that on the. Not so much grapes, but that kind of smell. Right. I was going to say a little bit like wine, but not quite. But that kind of boozy. Yeah. That boozy smell. So here's, this is interesting. And this might uh, go with what you are talking about. Uh, the flavor varies through typically, or yeah, though typically with characteristics combining nuts, fruit, caramel, mm. honey, vanilla, or other spices. There we go. Mm. Good call, pal. Yeah. Shall we sip? Oh, I've been sipping it. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. I've been cheating. Cheater. 
there's that smell. I get it in the the taste. That's the booze. I like that the like the oh like the flaked oats kind of come through in, in the taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a little bit woodsy. Yep, it's the it's in an my o- opinion oatmeal stout. Yeah, yeah, you, you get that the maltiness. Mm-hmm. Woodsy. That's a that's a good way of putting it. I was gonna say no, that's like the IPA, but that's more of a pine. Um, but yeah, and it's I, on the first few sips, it was very boozy, mm-hmm. but that goes starts to go away. Yeah, well, I think it's we get used to it, and that's why this could be pretty dangerous. So mm-hmm. you get those French oak spirals, so maybe that's why you're getting a wood flavor. Mm-hmm. It's got yeah, oak. I think yeah, so for sure. You're definitely getting that. There's an oak barrels. It's almost like with that nuttiness. I think that comes from the oak, the tree <laughs> flavor, if you will. It kind of reminds me of the elusive beer that Lightning Kugels got rid of way back in the day. Was the Fireside Nut Brown? Oh, so good! Oh, I miss that beer so much. If I was gonna drink from a non-independent, it would be Lightning Kugel. But if I had a choice between Lightning Kugel's beers, it would be definitely that one. We used to get that one. I was out at Bill's Mid City, Saf. I think you were out there with us when we drank that a couple times. Yep. But yeah, they stopped making it a long time ago, so you can never find it. But uh, Forte Ray has a beer called the Winter Sled or Winter Shed. It's very similar to that yeah. one. I would say if you get your hands on it and you can taste it and just, you know. That's reminiscent. Oh, for yeah. sure. Well, this is taking me back now that I think about it. I'm like, I've, no, I've had something similar to this before. So this, to me, it kind of tastes like a, a delicious brown ale with the, the maltiness of those. Maybe a little bit amber style ale, but no, this is good. I mean, it, it's good sipping. I know this won't um, satisfy a lot of people's taste, but it's like a decent, it's a decent beer. It's not too boozy either. I didn't think so. A couple of the sips, you're right, Pale. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's settled a little too long since we've had it, but I don't know. It, it's, I think it's so. It's a good roasty, malty um, flavor. I just love that. It's good. Yeah, put it in a shaker there we go. and then pour it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shake it, not stirred. Yeah, I can't stop <laughs> I can't stop drinking it now. I'm I'm really enjoying it a lot. It's something different. It's not like the same coffee stout with like a little bit of chocolate and Yeah. It's nice all that. It's nice coming from a bourbon fan, it's nice to actually have a change of pace because you get a lot of these bourbon barrel aged stouts, but to actually try mm-hmm. it with something else. I, I think they're on to something here that I think more places should probably, you know, try to reach out and do a little bit more. But I know that the bourbon, the, you can't go wrong with that, but this was really unique. And that's why I wanted to pick it up. I remember back in the day because I'm like, ooh, something different. Right. It's interesting when they use like wine barrels mm-hmm. and stuff like that to age beer into. Mm-hmm. I know Two Toms is always b- buying barrels like secondhand from like overseas. I know he's got one that he's aging for a year right now um, that came from overseas somewhere in Europe. So he's super excited about tapping that one next year. I had a, I had one. I don't remember what the beer was, but it was aged in tequila barrels. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I had one, too. Maybe we had it together. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, <laughs> I remember it, but I don't remember where it was. Um, all right. So Untapped has this one. Uh, 124 ratings uh, for a 378. 
I checked this one in. I will save it for later. And then uh, I have one other friend who checked this one in. It's my wife. She gave this one a four. I had to scroll down a ways to get anybody that said anything. I had to see more a couple of times. Yeah. There's and only 140 total tickets. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much at the bottom, I feel like, or at the top, however you want to think about it. But uh, Doug D says, oatmeal stout aged on cognac soaked French oak spirals, uh, slightly smoky and dry, but definite cognac and oatmeal notes. And he gave it a 275. So sounded like he liked it until he actually put a score onto it. Then Colin Cologne D says, smoky oatmeal taste, and he gave it a four. Yeah, I tried to try to do, uh, smoky. Oh, thanks. Thanks, bud. <laughs> I was trying to find, like, you know, text. <laughs> Try to yeah, scroll exactly. to catch up to you. I, I was scrolling for a while before, to find something. Yeah. Hannah M says, good, and gave it a three and a half. And Tom C says, really tasty. The booze is just so. Oh. And three and a half. It just is so, I guess. No, it, his, H-I-S, just so. Oh. The booze, his, just so. <laughs> he had one too many of these then. <laughs> that would be my guess. Maybe the H is a, not supposed to be there. Pro- yeah, probably. Um, all right, well, to continue with filling in dead time, I give this one a four back in May. Uh, at the same time, my wife checked this one in. I didn't write anything, but I, I can remember a little bit about it because it was so unique. Uh, I didn't want to buy any more of this one. I didn't like it that much, but I did like the uniqueness of the flavor. Uh, it was a great oatmeal stout underlined, and then it had like this, I thought it had like a like a fruity taste to it. But not hearing you guys talk about it earlier, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. And so I wouldn't mind tasting it again, uh, but I, get, I did give it a four. Um, so that's that's something. Probably should have wrote something in there. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Regret. Uh, <laughs> I have I have 2,000 check-ins, and only 10 of them have text in it. Jeez. <laughs> I don't write New Year's, re- New Year's resolution is to actually write something. Yeah, I've already failed. Because <laughs> your memory is not going to be good after you drink 2,000 uh-huh. beers. Uh- <laughs> right, yeah. And almost a year later, right? Yeah. Um, you guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'm okay. good to go. I gave this one. I kept my original ranking from when I first had it. I gave it a 4.25. I said a bit old, but still malty and a bit boozy. Still a great beer for me. So keeping the ranking the same. Love these unique boozy beer combos. Um, I will say, Dustin, I do think it tastes different now than when I had it. So I think with it settling, maybe the flavor's balanced a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And it's not as strong boozy as I thought it was. Um, But still, it tastes more like that that nut brown, a brown ale to me now than it did then. Because I think it's blended a lot more with it sitting in my fridge. Yeah. I thought it was like super sharp. Like yeah, that's one thing that I I can remember. It used to be like really sharp. Like the flavor of the barrel age was like real sharp. And I gave it a 4.25 as well. I said the booze oh, hits hand holders. <laughs> 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 
for for everyone yeah for everyone listening at home we were tr- trying to attempt hand holding club but uh pale was fondling boobies <laughs> Bo- but yeah. boobies, he forgot what hands were <laughs> boobies got in my way <laughs> i said the booze hits pretty hard in the beginning but smooths out very quickly the french oak spiral is also a nice addition to this malt stout and uh, like he said it's very tasty um the malt is present but it's not like chewy in my opinion it's very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's much better there you go. i was trying to do it quickly while he was like taking a breath <laughs> i had to add that in for the star wars theme <laughs> so i just like the smoothness of it and it's not super thick like the molasses beer you guys are drinking mm-hmm. good deal all right real quick do we have a pales pairing for that Ooh. Or an IBU prediction. Or an IBU prediction. Oh, IBU prediction. Or both things. <laughs> yeah, or one or the other. All right. While you're we only have about, time. <laughs> while you're thinking about that, I uh, I continued and I held onto this. And I just finished it. I think this would be really good with ice cream. Oh yeah. Or with like um, like ginger flavored carrots or like cookies, like ginger snap cookies or whatever. I think like the molasses and ginger would like work really well. Not a fan of the flavor, but that's what I think of when I, you know, kind of put those flavors together. It'd be good in Two Tom's ice cream machine oh, yeah. and turned into ice cream. Oh. There you go. <laughs> How about 12 IBUs? 12? Okay. 12 okay. monkeys. 12 monkeys. <laughs> there we go. And then Pale's Pairing? I'd say a, a wonderful, delectable French cheese. Of some sort. <laughs> French cheese? Or maybe with a, a, sa- a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking... To, to suck up the booze. <laughs> like a fish dinner. <laughs> like fish, <laughs> fish dinner. <laughs> French fries, probably? <laughs> no, we call them we call them chips. Chips. <laughs> How about chips. like almonds dipped in almonds? like caramel? Oh. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? That'd be weird. <laughs> I don't know if I would like yeah. that. But if that was the goal, to think of something weird. <laughs> but that just came to my mind. I don't think anybody's perfect. ever done that before. What? Caramel dipped almonds yeah. with a cognac? Maybe with chocolate on top <laughs> of that. Chocolate? Oh. oh, shit. <laughs> Love it. All right. We got to move on. This is ridiculous. We have a show. We have a topic. <laughs> I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DrinkInGeekOut. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, DrinkInGeekOut.com. You can also email us any comments or suggestions at DrinkInGeekOut at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content that is patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. The Book of Boba Fett is a space western series created by Jon Favreau. It's part of the Star Wars franchise taking place after the events of Return of the Jedi and before the events of Force Awakens. It is the spinoff from The Mandalorian and features the crime lord and bounty hunter Boba Fett from the series and other Star Wars media. The Book of Boba Fett exists alongside The Mandalorian and Ahsoka, which has not premiered yet. Yeah, I would uh, I would consider this Book of Boba Fett as like Mandalorian 2.0. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you're right. I think it should have just been Mandalorian season three and then Agreed. had Mandalorian in it more. Agreed. Just put him in instead of waiting until like episode five to do a whole Mandalorian episode, just kind of space that out in between this Boba Fett stuff and just have it all. But maybe that would have annoyed people that like Mandalorian were spending too much time on Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, the the main problem I had with any of it is you didn't have a whole lot of present day action until yeah. Mandalorian entered. Correct. You had ten minutes of Mandalorian, or sorry, ten minutes of Boba Fett in every single episode, and then thirty minutes of backstory that they were filling the time in. And then as soon as you got to the Mandalorian episode, episode five. Then you had that's the, where it started getting really good. You, you, the, yeah, exactly. But you also had forty-five minutes of Mandalorian. Yeah. So I don't know if it was like us uh, enjoying the Mandalorian more than Boba Fett, or if it's just like so. why the why the hell are you giving us ten minutes of story, or you know, ten minutes of actual present day each episode, and then given a story? I feel like I slept through most of like the first episode. I'd rewatch it because it was just not. Yeah. Just not doing it for me. There was no dialogue or anything. Yeah. There was a lot of training montages and like driving around on speeder bikes, not right. really saying anything. Right. I know they had to give the backstory, like how, how did Boba Fett survive? Right. And what was he doing for 20 years or however long this takes place after mm-hmm. Return of Jedi? So they had to fill that in to bring us up to the current day, but. I've, that should have just been the first episode instead of just doing flashbacks so much. Just exactly. get it all out of the way in one episode, I think, would have been better. Yeah, or confuses. just follow the Marvel storyline and wait till episode seven. And then, and then do a flashback. And do a flashback the entire time <laughs> and then jump back into the action in eight. Come on now. <laughs> I don't like when the Marvel did that either. <laughs> I was, that was a joke. I was, I was joking. Yeah. I was joking. Yeah. It really, uh, it really felt like the, they wrote like the first three episodes and just decided, okay, it's just not quite good enough. Like the fans want a little bit more and they, and they had better bring Mandalorian in and then he mm-hmm. just kind of took over and yeah, and it, it really took off for me there. Yeah. I also felt like they wrote the one episode and then while filming, they're like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally and, then, and, then, and then they broke it up. And they said, okay, this is going to happen here. This is going to happen here. This is going to happen here. Let's fill this in. Yeah. I could totally see like yeah. the Disney big heads be like, oh, God, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing's happening. I Who think cares? they're following that stupid Netflix formula that Disney probably ordered a 50-minute episode that they needed to fill and be like, yeah. well, we can wander the desert for 10 minutes. Um, but it's like, you know, put your stuff – Make it like 30 minutes if that's the case, mm-hmm. but don't give me the filler. I mean, this has got more damn filler than anime, and that's painful <laughs> to watch. So, it is two, I felt like it's two hours long. Yeah. Uh, Tamora Morrison stars as the title character, and Minnang Wen and Pedro Pascal also starring. Uh, they all reprise their roles from The Mandalorian and the other Star Wars media. Several attempts were made at developing a standalone Star Wars film centered on Boba Fett before Lucasfilms began prioritizing its streaming series, uh, such as The Mandalorian. The book of Boba Fett premiered on December 29, 
2021 and ran for seven episodes until February 9th, 2022. The series has received generally mixed reviews from critics and from and, us. Uh, us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think this would have worked as a movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, be- because like the f- the flashbacks were were kind of movie-esque, mm-hmm. right? Something happened in the the main and then you would have a, a flashback and then something happened in the main and then you would have a flashback. I feel like that works in a movie setup very well. Usually when they do flashbacks on TV shows, they tie together into the current thing more. And this is just like, oh, I'm in this bath yeah tub and now i'm remembering this but it doesn't tie into the story that's currently happening really except for like the pike syndicate or somehow involved mm-hmm. but yeah like there's no like through story or like tie uh, thing like he's learning said, yeah. from his dream that ties into what's currently happening mm-hmm. very uh assassin's creed-esque yes <laughs> yeah it <laughs> is you go lay down in the bathtub the, yes. remember the history yeah sure bathtub He's in his animus. <laughs> the thing I liked about the flashbacks is the allegory to like uh, the ing- indigenous people in America, and like the America comes through America's Pike Syndicate coming through the Indians' territory or Native American or Tuscan Raiders' territory, yeah. uh, and take it over, driving a train right through their land and killing them all along the way with and just taking over and then. Boba Fett is like teaching them how to uprise against the American oppressors that are coming through to take their land. Space Western. I, yep. say, I never thought of that, but <laughs> wow. I, I could see that. That's... And then he goes, that's pretty clear. Yeah. He steals the horses from yeah. the, the bar. The horses yeah. are the, the speeder bikes that he steals from the, the biker gang and then teaches them how to ride the horses and, fight back davy crockett no <laughs> i i thought that was the more interesting just looking at it from that perspective and it's a more interesting look way to look at american history through uh action movie type lens yeah i will say i did think that there was interesting parts to the flashbacks i'm not i'm not saying the flashbacks were awful that's not what i'm saying like i just didn't think that there was enough present day connection to those flashbacks mm-hmm. yeah that's why I, i'm agreeing uh if we had two episodes just the first two episodes of the series of him getting out of the sarlacc pit and then him finding the tuscan raiders and then trying to escape and then earning their trust and then training with them and all that stuff and then by the end of the like end of the second episode leads him to moss Eisley or you know whatever it, it starts up at Perfect. That's good enough for me. Just give me the first two episodes or whatever, however long it takes to give the backstory that leads up to where the present day is. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a way better like approach to this. Yeah, the, they kind of back themselves into a hole by introducing him on Mandalorian first. So they set the timeline here. Yeah. And then they have to go back to to like fill in that. So they have to include these flashbacks instead of just starting the story there. Because you start watching like on Mandalorian, he's already at here he's already in Tatooine or whatever why do we have to watch all this stuff (laughs) exactly and that's why I think it would have worked as a movie because A it separates it from the TV series Mm -hmm. right and you can also pretty much just say boom whenever whatever like 
timeline uh do you want to like say it for like two weeks after jedi right right whatever if you want to date it or just put it like a little sub caption then we kind of know like what the time frame is and then go through the flashback as if it's current time and then when it catches up in season or episode three or i guess in this case like 45th minute you'd be like all right present day it's like you Mm -hmm. got through everything that you needed to get through now here we are i think i would have liked that better i like that i like that better too all right some additional cast in this series we have matthew perry just kidding matt berry as the voice of 88 a torture droid in fett's service we have i love matt berry yeah he's great on that dark shadows whatever what's that show called what we do in the shadows. It's also really good in the IT crowd. Mm. I've not seen that. I need to add that to my list because I do like him. Uh, David Pesquesi, Pesquesi as the Twi'lek major domo to Mach Shaz, the mayor of Moss Espa on Tatooine. He's good on the show Veep. Veep. We have Jennifer Beals as Garza Fwip. A Twi'lek who runs a cantina in Mos Espa called the Sanctuary. We have Carrie Jones as Kristan, Chrysanthemum, sorry, a Wookiee bounty hunter and former gladiator who worked for the Twins, Jabba the Hutt's cousins, before being hired by Fett. That guy was cool. I want more Wookiee yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. He was really cool. Sophie Thatcher as Drash, leader mm-hmm. of a group of sideboards who work for Boba Fett. And Jordan Bulger as Scad, a member of the group of cyborgs who also work for Fett. I'm so happy that they brought the cyborgs in. Weren't they called like mods or something? Yeah, because in the video games, uh, like the the MMO, you can play as cyborg characters. You can have uh, modified, you know, people, and just that didn't exist in. The, the, the movies universe. and it's like why not why didn't it exist that that makes total sense that it would exist and so then they put it here here we are and i was like thank you for making it into the movies yeah i like that the like this mandalorian clone wars will like bring stuff in that the movies kind of ignore from either the books or comic mm-hmm. books or video games that uh never make it into the movies it's true because they're always focused on luke in the expanded universe yeah we want to talk about episodes or what do we want to do we already went through probably episode one and two pretty thoroughly because that was mostly the flashbacks and stuff so we just probably uh, read through these real quick just to make sure that we're we're good right yeah we we don't really talk about it i cut them down these I copied these straight from Wikipedia and then I cut them in half by like deleting sentences that I was like, oh, that's not that important. I can read through the first two and then we can talk a little bit more about like the three through seven. Uh, chapter one, Stranger in a Strange Land. Boba Fett barely escapes from the Sarlacc, the Jawas who steal his Mandalorian armor. He is captured by Tusken Raiders and fails to escape their camp, but eventually earns their respect. Five years later, Fett and Fennec Shand have taken control of Jabba's criminal empire on Tatooine. They receive tribute from local dignitaries and gain the services of two Gamorrean guards. I like that they brought the Gamorrean guards back from from Jabba's palace. 
mm-hmm. in the, from Jedi. Chapter two, the tribes of Tatooine. Fwip informs Fett that two of Jabba's cousins, a pair of huts known as the twins, want to claim Jabba's throne for themselves. The twins arrive with the Wookiee bounty hunter, Christensen, and try to, Im- to intimidate Fett, but he refuses to submit. In the Bactuf tank, Fett remembers the tribe being attacked by a Pike Syndicate spice train. Fett stole speeder bikes from a nearby Nikto gang and taught the Tuscans how to ride them. He led the tribe in a successful attack to stop the train. Uh, that was a really fun episode to watch them right. taking that train down. and Yeah, I liked that. Like I said, it was fun having uh, that type of stuff in the flashbacks. I just yeah didn't really have much in the regular. Um, all right, so chapter, I believe this happened in episode two. So chapter two, uh, when he goes and he kills the – when he steals the speeders, mm-hmm. that's actually in a place called the Tashi Station. Oh, that's where Luke wanted to go to get yeah. his power converters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the and the two people that were in the bar when like when before shit went down, that was Cammy and Fixer. Luke's his friends. childhood friends. <laughs> shit. That's cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So when I go to Tashi Station, get my power converters. <laughs> <laughs> power converters. <laughs> Uh, one thing I thought interesting with this episode is this is a space western on the second episode. They do like a train job mm-hmm. and hijack a train. Mm-hmm. Billy the uh, Firefly is a space western. The second episode is called Train Job and they hijack a train in that episode. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> That's really cool. Wonder if Nathan Fillion has seen the Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, is this a nod? I'm sure John Favreau has seen uh, Firefly. <laughs> probably his favorite episode. He's, he's probably <laughs> he's probably friends with Fillion. Yeah. All right. Chapter three: The Streets of Mas Espa. Fed is asked by Watermonger Lortha Peel to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water in Mos Espa, claiming that the citizens of Tatooine do not respect Fed yet. Fed yet. Upon seeing that the gang has no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers and demands that Peel reduce his prices. In his back-to-tank, Fett recalls seeking the toll from the pikes on behalf of the Tuscan tribe, only to find that the tribe destroyed by Nikto's gang on his return. His memories are interrupted when Fett is attacked by a Kursantan, and the twins vow to leave Tatooine and a gift a and gift a rancor to Fett. Later the Pikes begin arriving in Mas Espa and Fett decides to prepare for war. It's a very interesting episode. Uh I was kinda cheering for Kursantan. <laughs> I liked him getting ripped out of his memory, basically, and then immediately into a fight. Yeah. And then the cyborgs come in and help. And But it, the Wookiee's got those cool, like, electrified knuckle, yep. whatever you call them. Brass knuckles? Brass, uh, yeah. Electro knuckles. Electro knuckles. Sounds like Sonic's yeah, friend. I was going to say, it's a new <laughs> version of knuckles there. <laughs> Electro knuckles activate. <laughs> <laughs> is it part of the dark, the the dark sonic 
uh, series. Yeah. yeah. Dark Shadow, Shadow series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought he... The way that he spared him at the end, like, when the twins were like, ah, fuck off. Like, we don't need you. And he's like, you can work mm. for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was nice. I liked, I liked that aspect. I think... I think he's much more intimidating with the helmet on. So I wish he was more like Mando and just left the helmet on all the time and barely spoke because when he takes it off, he's not super intimidating. Yeah. Maybe that's why the town doesn't respect him. He looks like an old man. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I can whoop your ass, old man. <laughs> all right. Chapter four, the gathering storm in the Bakta tank. Fett remembers trying to reclaim his fire spray gunship from Jabba's palace, which is heavily guarded. When he discovered Shand dying from a gut wound, Fett took her to Moss Esley Mod Parlor, where her life was saved by the cybernetics. In return, Fett requested Shand's help to break into the palace, now ruled by Bib Fortuna. After fighting the guards and retrieving Fett's ship, Shand decided to stay with Fett. In the present, Fett emerges from the Bacta tank fully healed. With the Rancor's presence, Fett convinces the crime bosses to remain neutral while he fights the syndicate alone. Shan suggests that they hire reinforcements for the imminent war. And this is where he was like, I have the right person in mind. Yeah. yeah. He calls one guy. One dude. <laughs> I think Fennec Shand is probably the best part of the series, aside from Mandalorian. But, like, I wish this was just called the book of Fennec Shand. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. I like that she's always like, can I kill him? And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I was very upset, like, when she presumably died in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I was like, you get Min on when? Yeah. And y- you kill her off after that episode? <laughs> Come on now. Now she's part robot. Now she's part robot. Yeah, it's kind of weird, too, because she, like, rejects it, and she gets super mad about it. But... Yeah, she's like, what'd you do to me? Like, you were gonna die. This or death? Yeah, I don't know. I think I would like a cool robot arm, you know? Yeah. I, I like living. <laughs> I mean, you can't be in Star Wars without a robot arm, so right, exactly. some sort of robot part. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the scene with the crime boss is also pretty interesting, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. I uh, had the uh, the eighty eight like communicating with them, mm-hmm. uh, and I know he made the joke in like the first episode, but it kind of felt like it was necessary for this episode too. He's like, I should have got myself a protocol droid. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's funny because uh, 88's just like trying to be a normal robot for him. And he's like just always thinking about torture. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a torture bot. Re- redeemed torture droid or something. Yeah. Um, so at this point, you, you kind of think that, oh, he's he got the backing of all the crime bosses of this area. But in the back of your head, you're just like, no, there's no way that. You, you can't possibly think that they're all going to like side with him. And so you yeah. kind of understand that there's potentially going to be some, uh, at least one of those groups of people that are going to side with the Pikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is America, right? You have people who just side with America just because, you know, winning side type of mentality. Keep your own best interest in mind. Yeah. Take care of me at the expense of everyone else around me. Like, why do I need to listen to you? Yep. Like, what are you providing me? You're new here. We're, you've been the crime bosses. You can't just come take over and expect everybody to follow your whatever you're asking. Exactly. Respect. Chapter five, the episode that made the mo- or this TV show better. Yeah, agreed. 
The Return of the Mandalorian. This is just an episode of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So Mandalorian 2.5. <laughs> the armorer turns to uh Jaren. I never is that how it's right? Jaren? Jaren? You can just call him Mando. Man Okay. He takes the the Beskar spear, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh but he whatever. He got rid of it. He doesn't need it cuz he's got the dark saber. Yeah. Uh, into a gift for his former charge, Grogu. Uh, Visla, a descendant of the Darksaber creator Tar Visla, challenged Darren Mandalo to a duel for the saber. Uh, Mando defeats him, but reveals that he previously broke the tribe's code by removing his helmet. Rejected by the tribe, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Mando takes a commercial transport uh, to meet the Peli Moto on Tatooine. Who has an old N one starfighter to replace his previous ship, the Razor Crest? I thought yeah, immediately, this entire episode was awkward, <laughs> like building a ship. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. It's like working with your dad <laughs> to yeah. refurbish a car. I, as soon as they showed that ship, I was like, "Holy crap, that's Anakin's ship yep. from Phantom Menace!" <laughs> yep. And Sarah's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Alice's first thought was, "How is this helpful to the Mandalorian? He's a bounty hunter. He's not going to be able to." Put, carry any bounties yeah, yeah exactly he's just gonna uh, freeze dry him put him in carbonite and then dangle him yes <laughs> just... the dangling heads <laughs> out the back <laughs> yeah Cause, or put him in grogu's seat but grogu's sitting there or r2 eat seat. him can't do that <laughs> <laughs> don't eat the head kid <laughs> I like when he's like training with that dark saber and it keeps getting heavier and heavier because he doesn't know how to use it properly. I was like, oh, that's a cool twist. Yeah, that was because we don't really know much about the saber. That yeah, that's never I happened like to like the Jedi's really because they because well, the lightsaber is different than the dark saber. Yeah, I maybe just like the for the power of the force helps them wield the swords and Mandalorian just doesn't ha- have that ability. Takes a little extra training. Takes yep yeah. That's a good point. You gotta use it instead of letting it use you or whatever they, she tells him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And didn't she say something about like there's a way to redeem yourself or get back let in? Like if you do something, because he, he took the helmet off and he's kicked out. But she's like, if you go do this, something or uh, I can't remember what she says, but then you can be redeemed or you can be brought back or something I like that. I think so. That's a good question. I don't know if there was or not. He was like so sad leaving. <laughs> I remember, like, yeah. stop and turn and look back like a lost puppy. Like, come <laughs> on, I got no one else to turn to, man. Like, we're the last, what, three of these freaking Mandalorians? Can we drop the Kree oh, exactly. for one second? Because clearly that got our race to such a high level. So, I don't know. It's just the the, the blue ones that we met, met on Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That are from Clone Wars, but they they've all taken yeah. their helmets off. They've like changed, a yeah. Times, they've changed so. their ways. Like we still kind of have it, yeah. but we've advanced for the future. We're not stuck in mm-hmm. the uh, the old old ways. The old ways. So it's time for the Mandalorians to end. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there also a scene in this when he was out with the racer or whatever, where Anakin crashed? I saw a story on this that somebody where he. Somebody went off in like the, the pod, pod racer. racer. Yeah, there was a spot, yeah. and it was a little homage because the the gate was still broken. The pieces were still there from yes. the race that Anakin was in. So it was pretty cool. He, he flies through that track, that yeah. same track. It's pretty cool. 
Chapter 6, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. Cobb Fanth, played by Timothy Oliphant, Marshal of Tatooine's Freetown, confronts and shoots Pike Spice Runners. Jaren flies to a forested world to visit Grogu and is greeted by R2-D2 and Ahsoka. He returns to Tatooine after asking Ahsoka to deliver the gift, a Beskar chain mail tunic, to the youngling who is being trained by Luke. Fett and his allies discuss their manpower shortage, and Jaren travels to Freetown to enlist Vanth and his people. After Jaren leaves, the hired gun Cod Bane shows up following a standoff. Bane shoots both the marshal and his deputy. Skywalker gives a choice to Grogu, take the chainmail and stop his training, or take Yoda's lightsaber and be trained as a Jedi. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. (laughs) (laughs) But also a Jedi can't have any attachments, so he can't be thinking about Mando if he wants to be a Jedi. I really loved Cad Bane showing up. That was so cool. He was one of my favorites from Clone Wars. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was to see him in a live action form was incredible. His voice wasn't is I think it was the same guy voice actor, but it wasn't as like electronic-y, mechanic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at. It was there but it yeah. wasn't there. I'm like, just add a little bit more of the yeah. Like a tinniness to it. Yeah, it wasn't quite <laughs> Yep. Uh, but no, you're right, that was cool to see that the old style western shootout yeah that was really cool with the standoff i love the the little deputy guy coming out like who's this guy like get your ass back inside (laughs) you're gonna die dumbass i know okay i'll take this guy on (laughs) he can hold his hold his own against obi-wan these guys don't stand a chance (laughs) he's fought obi-wan like four times on clone wars (laughs) and survived every time uh and i wanted to ask did you want Grogu to take the chain mail or take the lightsaber? Well, I knew what he was going to take the lightsaber. Yeah, yeah lightsaber. lightsaber felt like sure. I thought it would be cool destiny. to see him with the lightsaber yeah. too. But I also wanted to see him on Mando, but back on the Mandalorian. So I was like, well, he's got to take well, the chain mail. Since they didn't write him into the, the next three movies, he would have been one of the ones to show up somewhere else. So I know he's going to stick with Mando and not continue his Jedi training. Otherwise, he would have been part of luke's story of right Kylo exactly killing everybody or whatever it was did he have the light? he didn't get the lightsaber though no he just got the just chain, the mail. chain he, mail. he didn't just go well here's the lightsaber too it's like, <laughs> so you can protect yourself because you see him like on the ship and he had underneath his robe oh yeah the, the chain you mail. It. and you're like oh we know yeah, what he chose we don't know, we know what he chose but we don't but, know oh, that's what true he got. Yeah. if he didn't get the lightsaber as a but, Constellation prize. How did he come about Yoda's lightsaber? Wasn't that still left? Didn't he leave that in the Senate when he fought Palpatine? I thought that fell when he was holding on to the disc and it fell to the ground and he was over. And then he fell in the vent. It's it's so strange because in Force Awakens they had Luke's mm-hmm. lightsaber that fell out of Coruscant. So I don't know You're right. like how they come across these yeah. artifacts. It's so irritating. You gotta read like all the comic books and shit to figure this stuff out. Maybe in Obi Wan we'll find out. That he, yeah, I have a tiny lightsaber. He, he he went back and got all the lightsabers <laughs> and he, like stuffed them in his pockets. I got them all. Right. <laughs> uh, weird inconsistencies throw me off. Usually, if there's an inconsistency, they fill it in forty years later. Yeah. like the 
10 parsecs or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Try to make a an entire movie just to prove Han Solo wasn't stupid. Lying yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> you think that was really Mark Hamill? Is that really Mark Hamill? Like just animation made him younger? I think in he was on the set when they did it in Mandalorian. Uh, but I don't think it's him anymore. No. Oh, okay. I think it's just somebody else with his face wearing his but face. It's much. I saw much something better. like Ros- Rosario Dawson said something about she was so had a pleasure working aside Mark Hamill and and I think she was talking about like when he was sh- when they were shooting Mandalorian. Yeah. So it's yeah it was probably season two. They did a better job with it. That's for sure. It was very yeah, very believable. So I mean, this is really good. Well, I think they. They hired the guy because somebody fixed the Mandalorian yeah, scene online on YouTube. And I think they hired that guy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read yeah. that. <laughs> and he goes, that took me like three hours to do. <laughs> yeah. And they spent billions, billions of, dollars, of dollars probably. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chapter seven, in the name of honor, R2-D2 flies Grogu, who has chosen Mando's chainmail and uh, Tomato's hangar. Bane and the Pikes confront Fett, Shand, and Mando outside the remains of the Sanctuary, where Bane reveals that the Pikes killed Fett's Tuscan tribe and framed the biker gang. A battle ensues. The citizens from Freetown arrive to help. Fett rides the Rancor and does some cool shit. Uh, Bane scares off the Rancor and defeats Fett in a gun duel, but Fett kills Bane with his gaffy stick. Grogu lulls the Rancor to sleep, ending its rampage in Mos Eisley. Shan kills the Pike bosses, or Pike boss, Shays, and the other crime lords. As Mos Espa praises Fett, Mando and Grogu fly away in that N1 starfighter. Uh, later, Vanth heals in Fett's back the tank with the mod artist standing nearby. I'm glad that they didn't kill Timothy Oliphant. I like that guy. Yeah. Me too. Basically the same character from Justified, but now <laughs> in space. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot happening in this episode. Yeah. This was a really good yeah. episode too. Right. The, the like, battle. Like the five, and... six, and seven are really good episodes. Yeah. Uh, I literally made the Clone Wars joke when uh, this episode started with the shielded things. I was like, throw the bomb underneath it. <laughs> right. Yes. Roll it. <laughs> this little ball shielded droids yeah the the big tank ones too massive scorpion looking things yeah uh again mandalorian mando would be such a bad father <laughs> he, he puts grogu in the worst situations always and then like the rest of it's just us like holding our breath like oh my god make sure you save grogu <laughs> but grogu's got superpowers so he's usually yeah. fine and he's it reminds them. me of uh goku like with gohan like he puts so much trust into gohan to like <laughs> whoop anybody's ass it's like dude oh, look at you what are you doing like you can pay all dad. the anime references very nice i know i'm loving it's, it it's a it's a japan a trope from like samurai old samurai movies and stuff like there's always save the kid the samurai has got like a little girl yeah. that he's got to protect or, and, or a child and uh, I like that they brought that into the Star Wars series because Star Wars is all about the Japanese tropes with like Darth Vader's whole armor mm-hmm. kind of has like the samurai helmet vibes and stuff. For sure. Yeah. 
Oh, and I, we didn't mention, but I like uh, Boba Fett's little staff thing that he got from the Tusken Raiders yeah. and that they forged and made for him. Learned to fight with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And he finally got his revenge against Bane, Cad Bane. Cad Bane, yeah. Because he has history. Yeah. They didn't really show the flashback because it was in Clone Wars, right. but yeah they talked about like his you know like i've known you for so long there you yeah. partner cowboy like, i'm still faster than you boy <laughs> <laughs> but he's like yeah but i learned new things with a stick that i just remembered let me trip yeah. you and beat you senseless now <laughs> that was cool the little redemption there so and the rancor rampage because the rancor is always kind of a feared mm-hmm. beast but we see in the return of the jedi where the rancor dies and the the rancor keeper is like crying in the corner because it's like his pet so there is like some history of this just being like a nice pet that we get to see it's then we got machete training yeah that was pretty cool (laughs) danny true whatever his name trejo Trejo. oh yep trejo trejo yeah that was pretty cool seeing him hopefully get more of him i was expecting horatio sands and bill bird to pop up (laughs) from mandalorian Uh, series to like help in this battle just bill burr in this universe (laughs) it's just wrong (laughs) it's so weird everybody comes together to fight this war it benefits him none but he's still there helping out (laughs) yeah and where was that one chick (laughs) i can't even remember her character busy being a sheriff (laughs) (laughs) yeah not on the show (laughs) right (laughs) overall it was like a average series i think because the first few episodes were kind of slow and the last few were really good so hopefully if they keep the last few episodes build off of that more i think it could be a good second season if they continue now that the now that the backstory is all filled in we don't have to worry about that be interesting to see where they take this next for boba though i mean this was pretty exciting now that he's got his little crime syndicate and everything, yeah, but he, it's like, okay, do we just get mini stories now or somebody coming in, trying to take it from you? And someone's probably like, going to something eh, bad. Darth Maul, maybe anymore. Darth Maul will come back. And yeah. I was going to say they have to tie in another character. It's going to make it interesting. That Crimson Dawn shit that they set up in solo, like that's got to come back eventually. Right. Yeah. Oh, maybe in Kenobi. Yeah. That could, could be too. Be. We shall see. Cool. I guess that'll do it for this week's episode. So until next time. Drink up. Drink drink up. up, Geek out. Geek out.